On today's episode, Profade is back with the San Diego Padres. Very cool news. The vibes are immaculate, but does it fix the Padres' outfield situation? Talking about that, what the outfield could potentially look like, some prospect stuff with the young guys and some potential trade targets and much more. Let's get into it. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, February 13th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You may be familiar with some of my baseball-related work over at Just Baseball. I have also been covering the Padres specifically on this year's show for about four years now. This will be my fifth season, which is a whole lot of fun. So those are my qualifications. You can also check out some of my more movie-related work if you're curious about all that stuff, pop culture stuff over at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, and many more. Just check the bio and follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, that's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres if you only want Padres updates and content. And then check out Lockdown Padres if you want to see my dashing good looks, of course, uh, said no one ever. And uh, go check that out. We're closing on 1,400 subscribers, which is very cool and very fun ahead of opening day. Things are ramping up, ladies and gentlemen. Things are ramping up so much that I literally recorded yesterday's episode. And I keep my phone usually away from me during the podcast because... I get a little bit distracted sometimes. There's, like, notifications. Um, so I try my best to, like, leave it over here and not look at it, um, even if it's sometimes important. And I didn't realize that there was reports that the Padres had signed Jerickson Profar, who has been a guy that has been a fixture in Padres fandom uh, for what feels like forever, at least since I've been recording this this podcast. It's been a while, right? And I think that he's a really fun character uh, in Padres lore, and it's really fun that they brought him on. So we're going to be talking about what that means, um, what I think of the deal, what I think it means for the rest of the outfield going forward, and a whole lot more, guys. But also, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make everyone more new customers. Join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets for any winning $5 bet. Really cool, right? Just $5, boom, 150 buckaroos in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And to get started with this show, guys, let's get into it. Because, I mean... This is just like a nice little thing. You know what I mean? And a lot of Padres fans, look, don't get me wrong, Jerickson Profar has his issues, which we'll get into, but I just like how low-cost, moderate reward this deal is, right? Reading from AJ Casavell, our boy over at MLB.com, the most obvious Padres signing that hadn't happened yet this winter is happening. San Diego has agreed to a one-year deal with veteran outfielder Jerickson Profar. Sources told MLB.com on Monday the deal has not been confirmed by the club and is pending a physical. If it makes perfect sense, the Padres are glaringly thin on outfielders. Profar has expressed a love for playing in San Diego, and he has performed there compared to his other stops. In quotes, he's a pro, said Mike. Uh, said manager Mike Schilt. Tough to sting off his pun game. <laughs> in quotes, he's a guy we're familiar with. Very popular in the clubhouse. A good player, switch hitter, versatile, a good glue guy to have back. End quote. The move at long last will give San Diego a full outfield on its 40-man roster, Profar joins Fernando Tatis Jr. and Jose Azokar as the only rostered Padres outfielders. The team will continue to look for outfield help and remains likely to add at least one more, possibly two. So one good thing, a good glue guy. 
I think that's the best way to sum this up. Very popular in the clubhouse. That's been reported. That's been seen. In fact, you can actually literally just watch the Padres last year. Seriously, just watch the Padres. And when Jerks and Profar showed up, you could see like Tatis. Like maybe those two have a little bit of a relationship, which is awesome. Like those two clearly kind of get along. And that's great. You know what I mean? That You need guys like that. And don't get me wrong. Um, yes, there might be longtime listeners who are saying, well, Javi, like, you always besmirched Eric Hosmer, and he was reportedly a great locker room guy. And you even yourself said that you had sources that confirmed uh, behind the scenes that people were like, yeah, like he really is a great locker room guy. The difference is that Eric Hosmer, even at his best, did not have a season with more wins above replacement than Jerickson Profar did. In fact, Jerickson Profar's two wins above replacement is greater than I'm pretty sure every single season combined that Eric Hosmer had with the Padres. Don't quote me on that. Let me just check that real quick. He had a 2.6 F4 with the Padres in 2022. Their NLCS uh, year, may I remind you. Maybe not a coincidence. Glad to have this man back, if you guys couldn't tell. And with the Padres, here's his F4 totals. Negative 0.5, negative 0.9, 0.8, and then... 0.4, a little bit of that with the Cubs when he was traded. So just to give you an idea, and he was also getting paid infinitely more. And the reason why I didn't like the whole, well, he's a clubhouse guy is because he's constricting the team a lot more at a position you cannot be afforded to, to, to miss like this, especially with the offense. And also it felt so much like a slap in the face to keep dismissing fans and everyone who knows anything about baseball by people getting mad that people are like, look, like the guy isn't performing, you know what I mean? And he's really hurting the team. So that's the difference. Well, Profar, $1 million for one year. It's practically the minimum, right? So that's that's where I feel about on that front, um, which is great. And don't get me wrong, I think that Profar still has a lot of issues, let's be very clear. But one thing that is really fun here is that, like I said with the vibes, he joined the Padres last year. It was pretty immediately great. With the Padres last year, now in total, Jerickson Profar was horrific last year. Let me be very, very clear about that. Horrific. One of the worst qualified players, probably in Major League Baseball. He had a negative two wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs, which is astonishing, I think is the word, especially considering that he was playing with the Rockies. Um, I think part of that might have been the fact that he, for one, he left his beloved San Diego, and two, because he signed really late, and that I compared it to Steven Drew, uh, baseball fans might remember this and also accuse me of being a Yankees fan again, that he joined the Yankees very infamously uh, from the Red Sox like a long time ago. Um, and he joined like two weeks like after spring training ended or something like that. And it really messed with his swing and everything was off for basically the whole year. Jerickson Profar, 111 WRC plus with the Padres, then 76 the year after. And I want to point out, with the Padres though, when he came to the Padres and just those few games that he played with them, 295, 367, 409 slash line, good for a 120 WRC+. plus. Look, there are some things that you can't explain, and I think the analytics people occasionally get like maddened by the fact that you're like, don't get me wrong, you shouldn't only use feel, eye test, stuff like that to justify every one of your opinions without some data, in my opinion, particularly in baseball. But they sometimes get thrown for a loop where they're like, well, why do the Dodgers keep losing? Oh, well, why does this keep happening? It's like because it's sports. You know what I mean? There are some things that you can just tell guys have it, guys don't have it. And Jerickson Profar seems to have it when it comes to the Padres. And look, I mean, even in defense last year, this is another reason why he was bad. In 2023, he had negative 11 defensive runs saved and negative 13 outs above average. The guy was horrific. Previous year, though, in 2022 with the Padres, 
two defensive runs saved, and minus five outs above average. Certainly not great, but not as like, oh my god, you're the worst in the league, as he was with the Rockies. So there is there is credence to belief to the belief that Jackson Profar can be an effective, solid player uh, for the Padres. He just seems to work there. Um, and again, the vibes are immaculate. And um, Giannis Antetokounmpo on Twitter actually pointed out in even years Jerkson Profar has a plus 6.2 F4 while odd years he has a minus 2.1 F4 really fascinating stuff uh if we're being honest here right like that's that's just it's just so weird and I will say at the time of what I recorded yesterday's podcast was it maddening to see the move happen it was cool that I was like oh cool I know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow but it was like of course and I've actually been pretty good uh, because every now and then I have like a feeling or a vibe that like a move may come down, so I wait on my show, uh, and I've been good with that. So I haven't been killed like this before, but still, uh, I am happy to be wrong and happy that we have been alerted to Jerickson Profar joining this team. Um, and honestly, I feel like I didn't talk enough about the possibility of it because over these past few shows, I discussed that like I don't think the Padres are going to retread. You know, and I didn't think they were going to retread with someone like Tommy Pham being another example, right? And that's a guy who could play in the outfield basically as poor, mediocre as Jerickson Profar, but has more recent success, um, including being literally on a World Series roster uh, last year. So, you know, this is, this isn't like a surprising move, but it's just one of those that I'm still, even though, you know, it's, it's just really cool to see that the Padres weren't shaken off by the fact that this would be a retread, and it makes their outfield situation feel a little bit more, not great isn't the wrong word, but there's some insurance where you have a guy with a lot of, um, experience, and you have a lot of a guy who might even have some upside with this team. If he's a two-win player, which I think could come down to the fact that I don't know if that'll happen simply because of there being so many outfielders in the mix, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But if he's being able to be like, let's say, what Jason Hayward was for the Dodgers last year, let me just pull up his numbers really quickly. Where it's this guy on like a minimum deal who manages to bounce back and be solid. Yeah, 2.2 F4 for the Dodgers last year, Jason Hayward, 121 plus. I'm not saying that that's what Jerks and Profar is, but like these one and a half to two win players, they make a huge difference, especially if they're not necessarily going to be full-time and they're not the future of your team or guys that you're hoping are the future of your team, right? So really excited about the move. But ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't end with just him, obviously. We got to keep talking, man. There's a lot to get into with Jerickson Profar and the rest of this Padres outfield, which still has a lot of questions, ladies and gentlemen. But there's one thing I don't have questions about, folks. And that's that eBay Motors is the best in the biz when it comes to helping you out with your ride or die. How about that transition, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, passion, drive, and patience. That's what it takes to bring home the winning trophy. eBay Motors knows it best as everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. And if you're confused by what those are and where they go and what, don't worry, they got you covered. Um, power or style, they have you guaranteed in those areas because with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for with eBay's guaranteed fit. It shows you, you know, you pick the part, boom, it's gonna tell you if that fits with your vehicle. So don't worry about doing any guesses. And in fact, don't even worry about having to do so much reading. And oh, no. Uh, you know, I've done that a couple times. We've all done that where we're just like, oh, yeah, that looks like the right material, say, for an iPhone charger. You know what I mean? Say, for a iPhone case. Say, for a laptop case. You're like, yeah, that looks right. And then you get it and you're like, oh, I didn't read. Well, eBay Guaranteed Fit is helping you out with that, ladies and gentlemen. 
you're burning rubber. You are not burning cash, ladies and gentlemen. That's a bar, by the way. eBay gave me that one. I can't, I can't take that for myself. But uh, with all the parts you need, all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that W. Keep your ride or dive alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Go check it out. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. We are thriving and vibing here because it is the Jerks and Profart show. And, man, like, I wish I had, like, a Profart jersey. Like, I love this guy, and everyone does, too. And, again, chemistry does matter. And I think that Profar is, like, ideal situation is fourth outfielder. And now that might sound like it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being down on the guy. I don't mean it as an insult or to be derogatory whatsoever. A fourth outfielder is useful. I think Trent Grisham, in theory, could be an excellent fourth outfielder with upside at being a starting outfielder. Uh, I think the problem with Grisham is just that he can't hit, right? But maybe with the Yankees, we'll see what happens this upcoming year. I'm very curious to see if the Yankees figure out how to use that power of his. Um, especially him being um, a lefty and all on the short porch. I think low-key, if, if you're a fantasy baseball manager, if you really need power and, like, home runs or something like that, like, don't sleep on the Grisham thing for next year. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, but that's what I like about this is he's a fourth outfielder with some upside, and he's had a lot of success with the Padres before, and if you subscribe to the even year thing, that's even better. Um, but that's not the only thing with the rest of the Padres um, outfield. Don't get me wrong. This is all good. I imagine that Jerickson Profar is one of those guys we're going to see in the same spots that he's been before. Ninth batter in the lineup, and he's succeeded there before. And he's actually been decently consistent in, in high leverage situations. Uh, he wasn't like an upsurge when you look at his year in 2022. Uh, he was kind of even out in low, medium, or high leverage situations. And then the year before, he was a tad better in high leverage situations. So he, he's got that. He doesn't chase a lot of pitches, so that's really cool. He is a guy that could draw a walk for you at the bottom of that lineup. And then all of a sudden, Hassan Kim's at the top of the lineup. That's pretty good too, right? So there is, he's just a solid guy to have, especially for a team that has a whole lot of unknown when it comes to the young guys that they're hoping to fill out the roster. I like the young guys that the Padres have, but the question isn't about liking them. The question is how ready they are. Reading from The Athletic from Dennis Lynn, as for outfield depth, the Padres remain strikingly short. By the way, this was written before Profar. Non-roster invitees to spring training include Oscar Mercado, Kyle Mitchell, and Bryce Johnson. Prospects Jackson Merrill, Graham Pauly, Jacob Marcy, Tirso Ornelas, and Nathan Maratola, um, hold on, Martorella, uh, newly added to the list of invitees, the latter, um, will be in camp, but only Marcy and Ornelas have extensive outfield experience. And speaking of Marcy, reading again from Dennis Lynn from The Athletic from, from a month or so ago, Marcy, the reigning Arizona Fall League MVP, projects to be a fine defensive center fielder. Scouts question whether his bat will be impactful enough, though, to justify regular big league playing time, especially on a team seeking to contend for the postseason. In parentheses, Marcy compiled a 1.215 OPS in 24 fall league games, but several scouts described the pitching throughout the circuit as the worst they had seen in more than a decade. So, look, again, that's really cool that Marcy was like this Arizona Fall League MVP. But I do think that is a really good point to bring up, which is that scouts, this is when, like, the, not necessarily the straight-up stats come in handy, right? And this is where I usually lend and try to listen to other people that I know or read other sites and whatnot to kind of get an idea of, like, what's going on because that's an important thing. 1,200 OPS, if you just see that, you're like, wow, great. I can't wait for this guy to be a starter. The way I see this, though, 
is if Jacob Marcy is the starting center fielder, if he can at least be good defensively, what Trent Grisham gave the Padres, it's not like that's an impossible task to climb, right? Just to give everybody an idea of what Trent Grisham did offensively. For the Padres this past season, he was good for a 91 WRC plus last year and then an 84 WRC plus last year. Just as a reminder, 100 is major league average. And then if you're below it, it means you're 9% worse than major league average, et cetera, et cetera. It's a stat that compiles a bunch of different numbers and basically takes into account your situation, ballpark, all that stuff, right? So like if you're hitting like 350 in Colorado, it'll take into account that it's Colorado. And if it's still a high WRC plus, that means a little bit more legit than not. Just to quickly summarize that up. Um, So to me, can Jacob Marcy be that? Sure. Um, It depends on the defense though. And if he is described as being this guy that's a really good defender, then that's exciting. And then you've got someone like Jackson Merrill who I think is probably the guy that the Padres are going to be most bullish on um, because he has the highest upside. He's still one of the team's top prospects. There are a lot of people who think it's Salas at this point just because, like, the kid's 17 years old and he's a catcher that already is raking and doing amazing stuff. Like, this guy might be our Adley Rutschman down the line. We'll have to see. But he's not ready yet. So in terms of, like, top prospects that are more relevant now, Jackson Merrill is kind of the guy. And it seems like he's a dude that's going to hit pretty quickly. I've actually had a former uh, Lockdown Marlins and Lockdown MLB Prospects host, Arm Layton, a good buddy of mine who's been on the show a lot, has actually compared him a little bit to the swing being a little bit like Christian Yelich. Like maybe as he develops more and gets more power, he could run into like 25 or so home runs, but maybe not at the beginning. But he does like his bat to start. So it might be one of those things where it's a bat guy versus a defensive guy and Marcy and Merrill, right? Graham Pauly is another one um, that I know Arm, uh, who I just mentioned, is really, really, really high on and thinks might rise through the rankings and be rated a lot higher. Like when we're all talking about the 2025 Padres and we're talking about top prospects, he thinks Graham Pauly might be one of those guys who's slotted into like the top 100 and is reviewed a little bit higher. That's just his bold kind of take. I like the Padres prospects. Don't get me wrong. I really like them a lot. I think that they have good variety in them. I think that they all are pretty decent at a bunch of things as I just compare with Merrill versus um, um, Marcy. I think that the question though is, you know, what you've got a lot of players there and I don't know exactly if this is a team meant to compete now. How do you feel about having a bunch of question marks in the outfield, right? And, I think that's the big question that's going to dominate spring training. Again, I said this yesterday. I cannot wait for spring training updates. I am going to be reading that like a hawk. I Like I said yesterday as well, new segment. Every Monday, we're going to answer some of your questions that you leave in the YouTube comments. So please feel free. I actually got one from someone by the name of Tina. I forgot your, your username, but shouts to you. That's going to be answered next Monday as well. Even if it's a fun one, feel free to do that. Um, that I'm going to be following that stuff because that is really big for this team. I think this is the most interesting offseason in terms of spring training updates that the Pirates have had in a long time. Is it the most exciting? No, because last year it was like Xander Bogarts. The year before that was like Juan Soto. The year before that was Snell, Darvish, Kim all in one offseason, right? So it's not it doesn't have the star effect. And heck, it doesn't even have like that fan fest effect from last year. But uh, to the same degree, I should say. Um, with the whole big four with, you know, Soto. We miss you, buddy. Um, but I do think that 
this is really fun about spring training. Like, I'm going to actually, like, really be curious about these spring training games. Like, one of these guys, if they perform really well during spring training, might earn themselves a spot on the opening day roster. I personally think that Merrill, and I'm not only saying it because of the fact that he's the top overall prospect, I'm leaning a little bit towards Merrill because if you just look at what the Padres have done over the past few years, they tend to accelerate the development of their prospects. I don't agree with that. They don't have a lot of these guys that have hit above double A for all that much time, right? So I I don't love this, which is why the Profar move is so big, by the way. No, I would not rather have Jerks and Profar than Jackson Merrill, but right now to just have that coverage. It's treat this move in a similar, albeit not necessarily as high upside, of a way that they did with Juan Soto, the Juan Soto trade, where Michael King now gives protection to Lesko, Snelling, and Thorpe to develop at a more regular rate. That way you don't have to force them up in hopes of getting innings and just having a star or whatever, right? So that's really good. Um, I think Merrill could be a top candidate because I feel like they already gave it away. Uh, in August of the past, uh, in the last season, 2023, I should say, um, the Padres were reportedly trying him out in center field, which told me the writing's on the wall for Trent Grisham, and then it also tells us now that that's the one that they might be the most bullish on, if you're just reading that one particular tea leaf. Um, but again, I like all these guys, and maybe someone's going to blow up that we don't know about. Maybe it'll take more time. Maybe we still have to see if Hassan Kim gets traded, if they move off of Jake Cronenworth somehow, if they move off of any of these other guys, you know? And another big thing about this will be, do they want to move Tatis around? Do they want to put him in center field? There's still a lot of questions with the Padres outfield. Um, I don't think it's quite as awful as it was the year before, or not the year before, as other people are making it out to be. I think there have been many worse Padres outfield situations over the past few years than this, uh, particularly before I started hosting the show where it was like, oh my God, like this is rough. Granted, some of those years, the Padres weren't necessarily expected to continue, but I just like that there's upside here mixed with some veteran stability and mixed with the fact that one of these guys, our right fielder in El Nino, might just be the MVP this year. It's totally conceivable effort that these Jr. just wins the MVP this year. We're going to talk about him also in a second because he has a big role to play in the rest of the Padres outfield too. We're going to talk about it, guys. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about the always reliable, the always right there for you, FanDuel. We love FanDuel, ladies and gentlemen, but now that football is over, it's time to get your buckets, man. You gotta give some buckets. Everyone knows that. Come on, it's, it's, it's written in the Constitution. You gotta hoop, and FanDuel is here for you. Ladies and gentlemen, new customers, you are getting $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. 150 buckaroos if you bet just simple as that. It's great, isn't it? Just for listening to this podcast, you get that deal. See, don't, don't ever say I didn't do anything for you. All right? You listeners and viewers out there, millions of you at home, or, or on the road, or on the road, whatever. You bet on all of your favorite NBA players. Perhaps you want to bet on Victor Wembanyama achieving a triple-double with blocks. You can do that because he did it last night. He's 100% getting a quadruple-double at some point, right? And it's going to be like rebounds, points, and like... Like, uh, like steals. He's going to have like 10 steals and then 10 blocks, right? It won't even be assists. Uh, but anyway, guys, quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and much more. They're going to have stuff, I imagine, for NCAA or... I'm sorry, not NCAA. Um, for the NBA, 
Why did I say NCAA? That's that's weird. Um, but they got the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, there's all sorts of bets that are popping up with the NBA in season. And MLB future bets, I imagine, are coming there soon. And we'll talk about those when they get here. But for now, guys, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Quite the long ad reads today, huh? We're back here on Locked On Padres, everybody. Uh, let's wind down this show and talk about a little bit of dreaming, a little bit of speculation, ladies and gentlemen, because here's the thing. The Padres having signed Jerks and Profar, which, again, I really love, and, heck, maybe I should do a top five Jerks and Profar moments episode now uh, just because we love this guy so much. Go look up the walk-off. I believe it was on Labor Day, I think, or Memorial Day. I don't know why I get those two mixed up, like when they take place. Um... When he drove in Jorge Mateo, that was a great one. I was with my friend. It was back in the, the pandemic year. Uh, re- really, really cool stuff. And with the Profar edition now, I am wondering, is there another move to make? I will start off by saying, I think the Padres might be trying to aim for more of the DH spot and more of just getting an extra decent bat more than they are trying to fill out the rest of the outfield. But again, that's... That's one of those things that we aren't going to know yet because we don't know exactly how they feel about, you know, Marquis or Marcy and Graham Pauly and Jackson Merrill and Ornelas, like all those guys. We don't know exactly how they feel about them. And as time goes on, it's possible that we'll be like, okay, like, cool. Like, this is just what we're going to do. Profar will be the usual starter, maybe especially at the beginning of the season. Um, He'll be the left field, and then we'll have to figure out center. The other possibility, though, is free agents and trade targets. Now, with free agents, I've discussed those before. I thought that, and there's a lot of them that have now probably been eliminated. Guys like Jesse Winker, guys like um, who was the other one? Was I forgot who it was, but there's some other left fielders that have probably been eliminated now. Joey Gallo got eliminated a while ago. He signed with the Nationals, and I didn't even realize that. I totally forgot about that. Remember when they I can't get over that. Remember when they were asking for C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore? I'm just saying, like, it's crazy. It's crazy what happens when you you know, look back at trades that were offered and discussed. Um, however, you know, you could still look at the free agent market. Michael A. Taylor and Adam Duvall. I prefer personally prefer Duvall because I like that he can hit, while a player like Michael A. Taylor is a defensive guy. Um, but I think that Adam Duvall is also a pretty good defensive guy, even if you don't want him necessarily starting every day because he is getting up there in age. But he's really streaky. He can hit for a lot of power. And also, yeah, he's older. Well, then try out one of these young guys, right? Like, they can be the backup. And I think that that would just give you some really interesting depth and, frankly, give you some interesting ideas uh, and mix and match opportunities, potentially, with Mike Schilt. Uh, you know, how he chooses to, to deploy them, I think, would be really fun. And Michael A. Taylor, it just feels like if they get him, I get it, don't get me wrong, but that's very, this is Trent Grisham again. You know what I mean? And I think that might drive Padres fans insane, and I think it would be nice to have a center fielder that you think can occasionally hit uh, for some good offense every now and then. But what do I know? Again, it's going to depend on the rumors. In terms of trade targets, there's a lot, folks. There's a lot. And a lot of them, I think, do depend on if Fernando Tatis Jr. moves to center field. I have no doubt that he could. I have no doubt that the Padres would move him if the right deal came along. I personally would prefer not to because I just don't want to mess with that position. Can he play, like I said, can he play center field? He, I bet he probably could. He was so amazing last year. Platinum glove winner. The best defensive player like in all of baseball. If you go by defensive run to average and outs above average, he was amazing. Platinum glove, guys. That's crazy. 
I just wouldn't want to mess with that. It feels like you're doing the Padres thing where you're just trying to get too much. You're getting too greedy. You're not appreciating. Well, you have right field. Like, let's be okay with that and let's figure out other positions. But there's still other targets out there. And I think that the Padres are definitely still interested or at least going to monitor the waters to make another big move. Um, Dennis Lynn mentioned in one of his articles like a, a few weeks back that he kind of implied that the Padres were really disappointed that they didn't land Jung Ho Lee. Which tells me two things. That they really want to upgrade center field. Obviously, they are very keenly aware of the outfield position. That doesn't mean necessarily that they hate their prospects. But it definitely means they're like, we would prefer to give them time. It tells me that they're probably going to still keep looking. And honestly, do not be surprised if we get an announcement of Michael A. Taylor or someone like Adam Duvall. I totally could see that. But it also tells me that they're still willing to make a big move. Jung-Ho Lee got paid a lot, and that's probably why the Padres didn't do it. The, the Giants were like, you know what, we need a star. Like, we can't miss out on another one. And they probably said, we prefer this over Bellinger, because Bellinger looks a little bit fraudulent in the eyes of a lot of people right now. So that's what they probably did. They got outbid. But if they were really deeply disappointed, that tells me, guys, they're still willing to, willing to shell out some money. $165 million, they just added one more million. And they could still, reportedly at least, expect it to get up to that $200 million mark. So that means they can go out there. So salary is not going to be a big impact there. But what it also tells me more importantly is just that they're still going to be aggressive and they're still going to be looking at the market. And there's still other guys. You know, I mentioned Garrett Mitchell on yesterday's episode. He's primarily a left fielder, though. Don't see that happening now unless, like, they really want to load up in left field. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't really see that happening. But there's a lot of other interesting guys on the trade market. And a big part of this would depend on Tatis. If you move him to center field... Then, some right fielders that really make sense, Anthony Santander and, um, what's his name, Anthony Santander and Max Kepler. Max Kepler is low-key one of the more under, I think everyone on the Twins is underrated. This has been a take that I've been developing uh, with some friends. I think every single player on the Twins is underrated. They just casually made the playoffs last year and had a couple moments that where they were really good. And it's not because of like Correa and some of the other like high profile players on that team, although they, they had some decent pitching too, uh, with guys like Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray. But it's like I just kind of find that funny, right? Max Kepler is like slowly becoming an underrated player. Two point six wins above replacement last year, two the year before, two point three the year before that, one twenty four WRC plus this last year, his best season easily, hit for some good power, twenty four home runs. And again, he's a right fielder primarily. He's a decent defensive player. If you were to move Tatis to center, I could see that. But I don't know what's the deal with the Twins. I'm not an expert on them. I don't know if they're going for it and if they would want to trade this guy. You know, 31 years old, maybe they're like, hey, let's try and maximize value here. And the Padres don't necessarily have a huge history as of late with trading with the Twins. But still, I'm just throwing names out there. Anthony Santander, same sort of thing, right fielder, right? And I will say... Orioles can afford to get rid of anybody at this place, at this pay, um, at this point, right? 119 WRC plus last year, 2.6 F4, 28 home runs. This guy's a power hitter. Year before, he hit 33 bombs, by the way. So, like, if you want power, he could do that. Is he necessarily the best fielder in the world? No, but I think that they are hoping um, Tatis, if he can really transition to um, center field, can be really awesome there. And it's not like Santander is awful. Three defensive runs saved last year in right field. Negative one outs above average. Like, he's not a huge plus, but he's not killing you the way that, say, a Jesse Winker might kill you, right? Like, that's that's something you've got to be on the lookout for, is guys that kill you defensively, uh, especially if you're going to make a trade and give up a bunch of assets. And then there's still other guys out there. Seth Brown, uh, not necessarily. Um, Luis Robert, 
and Randy Rosarena are the big superstars. I personally am against Luis Robert because by all accounts, it sounds like the White Sox are being ridiculous right now. Don't get me wrong. He's a star. Five wins above replacement. But I ain't doing it, guys. I know. I know a lot of people will probably comment like, what, what are you talking about? He's, he's amazing. I'd gladly give up a Merrill or something like that. Agreed. But this is a guy with a really high strikeout rate. Low walk rate, that always scares me. 128 WRC+, 38 homers, 20 stolen bases, and everything went right last year. I hate trading for people who just had their career year after being really inconsistent and just never quite measuring up to it. Don't get me wrong, he's super young still, but this is a guy who doesn't play. 55, 56 games, 68 games, 98 games. Those are the three seasons, the amount of games he's played. So that just worries me is trading a lot of our future, which we always keep doing, for a guy who is a little bit injury prone, even if he's great. you know. So I wouldn't want to do that. And then the other star that I mentioned, Randy Rosarena, he's a little bit interesting. Actually, Randy, because he's also a left fielder, I believe, primarily. Um, 3.3 F4, 126 WRC+, 23 bombs, like... He's good, and he might add, like, a swagger to this team that it desperately needs. A, a guy who will perform in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, a big game performer. I really like that. Uh, not the greatest defender in the world all the time. Uh, negative six out, outs above average last year. But wouldn't mind that. I think he'd probably cost significantly less than Luis Robert. But, again, left fielder, I don't know if you want to necessarily move him around. And then the last guy would be Dylan Carlson. I think Dylan Carlson is fascinating fascinating keep this guy on your on your um on the mint for you i really like dylan carlson and i know that sounds ridiculous but i just think right now when you look at the cardinals it does depend on how they feel about their prospects but it seems like if you go to their depth charts and stuff that they're expected like mason Wynn to take over which moves tiny tommy edmund who's a great defender into center field you know they've moved things around lars newtbar kind of took over for them i don't know if dylan carlson might be a guy you could trade for I think that the Cardinals probably won't do it because they're going to think, why would we sell low on this guy who a lot of people probably would have given up more for just a few years ago and he just had an injury. Um, but again, I could be wrong, but I just think that that's an interesting player. who could play center field. He's super young, has had some okay seasons before. 2.5 F4 each of the last two seasons, not including literally last year. I think that's a name to keep an eye on. He's still really young, and people that I trust did like his makeup at one point. So, again, these are like dream scenario targets. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, might do an episode talking about Santander with a Locked on Orioles host, maybe, uh, and just talk about him a little bit. But I think the pods, um, this was a big move for them, I think, in terms of figuring out what the heck their opening day roster is going to look like. And I'm excited to see if they do anything more. But again, I think that they're probably going to focus on just getting a solid bat that they can platoon with. But we'll just have to see, guys. There's still moves to make. Um, and frankly, I'm still excited to see where Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger go. And no, I don't think Blake Snell's coming back. But every day that passes, I'm still like, he is he? Are we sure? Because it's been a while. And like, I'm not hearing any updates. And 166 million, you have 200 million to spend. I don't think I would do it. I'm just saying, uh, in terms of what might happen. Keep that on your radar, ladies and gentlemen. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to the show at Javapeno on Twitter. Feel free to leave some YouTube comments and whatnot. Again, I'm going to try and round those up, talk about latest news and stuff. 
Uh, every Monday, we're gonna try and do that. Maybe we'll turn it into Mailbag Monday. Maybe that's what we should call it. When I have when I have a little bit more proof that everyone's gonna send me questions because I can't always get questions for everybody. And by the way, it can be anything. I don't care. Except for like politics. I'm not talking politics out here. You know what I mean? Like, what, what are we doing? It's a Padres podcast. But like, other than that, like, shoot away. Um, shoot away. You could ask me about my favorite Netflix show recently. You could ask me about which Netflix show represents Tatis the most. I don't care. Go for it. Um, feel free to do that. On tomorrow's episode, we are welcoming my old buddy Millard Thomas for, we always love doing fun, silly crosses every now and then. We're going to talk about some of the most hated Padres players and Diamondbacks players over these last few years that we've been hosting. That'll be a lot of fun. Then we're going to be talking about the worst case scenarios uh, for the Padres, my personal worst case scenario is going forward, ranking the Padres players, going over old takes, uh, going to look at the free agent class for next year. That should be a lot of fun. And then looking at the opening day lineup, what I think it could look like, literally like the order of the lineup, and that should be a lot of fun. Uh, so don't worry, guys. Man, we're cooking. It's going to be here right, right before, like... It's going to be here, guys. Opening day is right here. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it's going to fly by. Trust me. Especially if you're a basketball head. Shout out FanDuel. Just watch some basketball. Watch some women's hoops. Watch some men's hoops. You'll enjoy yourself, and then you'll be like, cool, wow, baseball's already here. It's going to be great, guys. But until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.